this vintage of me know It's brought to you by Josh Cataldo We'll talk about wine if you've got the time Welcome to this vintage of me know Welcome back everybody to another episode of This Vintage of Vino I'm your host, Joshua Cataldo Uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening in. Um, I know there has been a little bit of delay on this podcast um, due to a lot of different factors, but I really do want to apologize and want to just thank my uh, faithful listeners to uh, listening in as well as pushing me to uh, pump out another podcast. Um. Hopefully, I've got some uh, time on my hands, so hopefully I'll be able to line up a couple new episodes um, here within the next couple weeks, and we'll get that ball rolling again, but um, yeah, as of right now, everything looks pretty good. Um, As you guys know, on last episode, we went over Cab Franc and Merlot. And in this episode, we're going to go over the Zinfandel as well as Gamay. So this is part two. Um, And we've got some tasting notes on those wines as well for you. But uh, for now, let's just go over those two grapes. Uh, So Zinfandel uh, is a really interesting grape. It goes by the name of um, several different others. One of which is Primitivo, um, is what they call it over in Italy. But genetically, it is actually the same exact grape as Zinfandel. Um, And then it's actually indigenous to uh, Croatia. And over there, they call it um, Tresolinak Kashatolenski. Kashatolenski. Um, so it actually had traveled from there over to Italy, which is basically right next to one another. Um, they're just separated by water and then eventually found itself over in California, which is really interesting. And in 2006, California um, passed it to where that's their official state grape which is really interesting so they think it's indigenous uh, to California but it actually traveled uh, throughout the world and they're able to prove this uh, from genetics <clears throat> which is really cool and um, Zinfandel in itself is uh, it's seller worthy of five to seven years is typically how how it will age uh, the temperature in which it is served is between 60 and 68 degrees. Uh, it's a low acidic wine with uh, medium to high tannins. And um, the top regions in which it is grown, um, number one, the United States, we actually hold approximately about 70% of the world's um, of the world's amount of Zinfandel. And number two is Italy, coming in approximately around like 28%. And then um, you have Tunisia, which is uh, the n- north part of on Africa, and they actually have roughly around like two, 
2% or so, or probably less than that actually. And then you have um, several other places that have really small amounts. Um, in total, there are 81,000 acres of Zinfandel planted across the world. And uh, one of the cool facts about it is actually uh, Zinfandel is notorious for uneven ripening. Like we mentioned in the previous episode, uh, like Calor, um, it has those unripened berries. Mm-hmm. and But it, it's not due to the fact of uh, weather conditions. It's actually genetic. Uh, so I can only imagine how a winemaker and viticulturist would decide to harvest this grape depending on, you know, the clusters. And then when you go out and you take your, um, you know, samples, how, how do they uh, account for those unripened berries? So it's really interesting. In that stage, if they're still green, they have uh, methylpyrazines in there which account for that vegetal flavor, which will show up in wine sometimes if you harvest the grapes too early. Um, And nobody wants that. You know, it's not a good flavor to put into wine. Uh, It's real acidic and bitter, um, as you can imagine. Um, Another cool fact about Zinfandel is the high alcohol levels in which it has. It's not unheard of, actually, for Zinfandel to reach upward as 17% which is uh, pretty wild. And uh, it's often used in fortified wines as well due to its uh, flavor profile. And I'm sure the uh, 17% has a little something to do with that as well. But uh, yeah, Zinfandel is a a pretty cool grape. It it has those other different names. Um, They said if they were to reclassify it, it would be ZPC TPK would be what they named it. Uh, because it has all these different names from different parts of the world. <clears throat> um, all right, let's get into the and then Gamay. Gamay is a really good grape. It's really versatile when it comes to pairing with food. Um, the temperature in which it is served is anywhere from 55 to 60 degrees. Um, so you putting them two side by side, Zinfandel and Gamay. The reason why it's served at like a, a cooler temperature is partly because of its acidity. Gamay is high acidic, and you typically will serve those wines at a cooler temperature to kind of dumb down that flavor to where it's not as prevalent in that when you're uh, when you're tasting the wine, uh, which is interesting, and so. The same way with like white wines, the higher the acidity, you know, you kind of want them to be served at a little bit of a cooler temperature <clears throat> and they'll open up as they warm up. Um, but you kind of do that in every instance when it comes to wine. Uh, Gamay will age on the lower end, uh, one to five years. Uh, it's mostly meant to be drank and consumed upon release. So if it's a 2019, you know, it would be at that stage right now to where you definitely want to consume it. You don't want to wait much longer. Uh, Gamay is actually a crossbreed between Pinot Noir and uh, Gouet Blanc. Um, Gouet Blanc is a northern French grape 
which is actually becoming extinct. It's not as popular anymore, unfortunately, but the cross between those two is what makes Gamay, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and there's approximately 79,000 acres of Gamay planted around the world. Number one on the list is France. They have approximately around 80% of Gamay grown there, which is crazy when looking at that pie chart. And that's predominantly in Beaujolais. And number two on the list is Switzerland. And then they have about 15%. Um, and from there, it breaks it down into small little tiny fragments. Uh, Canada would be number three. And then from there, uh, Turkey and Italy are about tied for fourth. And you have like a couple others that are just like slivers. So like not even a whole percentage when it comes to the pot. But yeah, these, these two grapes are, uh, are really good. I, I favor Gamay. It's got a lot of uh, floral flavors to it. Really easy to pair with a lot of different foods. And just an all-around good grape. Um, Zinfandel, on the other hand, California has basically perfected it. It's, it's kind of on the easier end to grow, so <clears throat> it can handle um, a wide range of climates. Uh, but yeah, they, they put out some amazing Zinfandels over there in California. And actually the one that I have here on the list for tasting is a, a nice one that comes from, um, Amador County, California. So, uh, thanks for listening in again, guys. We're going to take a little brief pause and then we'll get into those tasting notes. you guys let's go ahead and taste some wine that's what it's all about right uh, we can know all we want about the grapes but tasting it is my favorite part <clears throat> unfortunately I tasted these wines um, about uh, shoot a couple months ago probably um, but I got my sheets here in front of me but uh, just to let you guys know I'll be sipping on some of the seven from King's family it's a nice little uh, port and it is made with uh, Petit Verdot and uh, the uh, fortified part of it is Cab Franc and they age it in bourbon barrels for two years before they release it. So it's a uh, ruby port and I will probably cut away after we do the tasting on these two wines and then I'll throw in a little bonus tasting round for uh, this port but it is delicious. It's uh, yeah, I, I uh, really wasn't a port fan up until recently. And then actually, I think the next episode we are going to do uh, either ports and sherries or we're going to do uh, champagne, champagne, or prosecco. But yeah, so look forward to those uh, podcasts here in the future. But let's go ahead and get into these notes. All right. First off, we have a, um, this here is the Gamay. 
the Una Vena Grata, and this is from France, uh, in the Beaujolais region. It sits at about 12.5% alcohol. Average price on this bottle of wine is at $12. Can't beat it. Um, Gamay's got a really beautiful color to it when it comes to its appearance. It's uh, an intense purple color. And this one had a, a medium pink rim. But the, the color in itself is very distinguished, which is interesting. Uh, on the nose, uh, it was a low to medium intensity. There was aroma of strawberries and like bubble gum with vanilla, which is a really beautiful scent. Those three combinations just, uh, I remember lighting up, you know, the fruitfulness of that strawberry was predominant. Um, it was an off dry with a medium to high acidity and a low to medium tannins. There were notes of banana and strawberries mixed in with a light to medium bodied finish. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it was light to medium bodied with a short finish. Um, very good in comparison to the price, I'd say. Um, it was a 2019 Gamay. And I said it could age for about another year or two before it hits its prime. And I thought that this wine would have went really well with a uh, beef stroganoff. Which sounds really good. But yeah, overall, really good wine. I would definitely purchase that again. Uh, the second wine on our list is that Zinfandel, the East End. The 2015 vintage comes from here in the United States, um, Amador County. That one sat at around 14.5%. The average price on that bottle of wine is around $22. Um, the color on it was a uh, deep violet and pale, uh, slightly brown rim, which showed its age. Um, 2015, yeah, definitely right there in the, in the midst. So you can tell its age by that color that sits on the rim, which is really interesting. <clears throat> on the nose, uh, it was low to medium intensity. It had a bouquet of charred wood with smoke and dried red fruit. Uh, on the palate, it was low acidity with medium tannins and that flavor of dried strawberries and that oak chard still came through. And it was a medium to full bodied wine with a medium finish. And I said, uh, this wine was an okay wine for its price. I probably wouldn't have it again, to be honest. Um, and it was ready to drink now right on that cusp of the uh, age. I wouldn't have let it gone too much longer. And this wine I said would have went really good with a Salisbury steak with mushroom gravy. <clears throat> but yeah, um, Gamay, uh, the, uh, the fruit intensity on it was really good. Like yeah, the flavor profile was definitely there. Now on this seven, I'll just go right into it. I'll just give you a little Roll my uh, tasting notes right on here. Um, so I just got back from there the other day. They had a wine night Wednesday. It's one of my uh, local vineyards that I like to frequent. And uh, their port is just amazing. On average, you get this bottle for about $30. It was like $32 or $33, I think. <clears throat> um, 
the vintage on this is uh, let's see it be doesn't necessarily say on here it's got to be at least three years old but on the nose you get like uh, dried red fruit yeah like uh, dried cherries a little bit of wood that's coming through you can taste that cab franc and like uh, prunes on the palate you get these prunes and like uh, dried grapes like uh, with that accent of wood in the back in the background uh, it's got a nice long finish and let's see I'd probably pair this bad boy with uh, with some dried fruits like a charcuterie board with uh, fruits and maybe some uh, prosciutto I think would go really well uh, but I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast um, look forward to the next one coming out here shortly probably within two weeks and yeah I just appreciate you guys for listening in thanks God bless and peace out <laughs>